Welcome to our first ever, maybe just trial <laughs> podcast called Babs, Bay Area Brass Struggling. And we're going to explain the title and it's also going to introduce us. So I'm Amanda. Oh no, am I supposed to say my name? Yeah. Not last name. Not, not last name. Wait, I think she might be looking for you. Uh, no, she, no, it just sounds like that when they're walking around upstairs. Okay. Now you've ruined my intro. The intro. <laughs> do you do you want to pause? We cut it. No, I'm not. I don't want to do any editing. We're gonna do one take. No, girl, this is part of it. This conversation. This is our life. It gets interrupted by real things. Okay. Actually, this goes into um the brats part. So the the second B in Babs, Bay Area brats struggling. Um, and the brats part is to acknowledge that we know that we are privileged. So what we're referring to is that there's some a housekeeper here cleaning the house for me. My housekeeper <laughs> that I borrowed from. We share therapists and housekeepers. I know. Um, okay, so let's go. I'm Amanda. Your name is Samantha. And so we are born and raised in the Bay Area. Although in Sacramento, no. No, I'm very born and raised. And I'm adjacent. Adjacent. We met. In college in Berkeley. So it's the Bay Area part. It also references that we are Asian Americans, which is a whole other topic because we have baggage with that. Um, but we don't want the first episode to talk about that. Amanda, I feel like you're so natural to this. Okay. <laughs> I have I, I can't do this. I'm like, uh I have been recording this in my head for the past month, this intro. So Oh yeah. I'm like, okay. And then so Bay Area Brats, again, recognizing that a lot of what we say, we recognize that we have great lives, we have steady jobs. So much privilege. We have we've been great families like yeah yeah crazy amount of support but also we're struggling <laughs> that's the s we're struggling yeah we Ooh, this, this might humble us yeah we're we're 38 right yeah okay i always forget yeah. we're 39 i tell people 40s yeah okay 45 we're 38 and we thought you know you go to college you get a good job you get married you get a house you have kids Ha-ha. <laughs> so we've proven our friendship though has proven that even if you follow that path amanda golden child me not following that path at all and you still fucking end up in the same crazy spot yeah oh so often our conversations are i just didn't think my life would turn out this way. <laughs> so i uh, to introduce myself I am a middle child. I have two sisters. Um, didn't we? We bonded when we met at UC Berkeley because we both didn't want to be there. We wanted to be in UCLA. I didn't know that was our thing. That we loved French fries, and then we cried about being homesick, yeah. even though we were like thirty minutes away. And insane. And no authority. Oh, that's that is, that is. We're going to cover pop culture on our uh, podcast too. Is it pop culture or is it like old culture? Yeah. <laughs> What do you call it when it's like old music? Oldies? Classics. <laughs> I don't think normal. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
All this to say is I did follow that path. I married my college boyfriend, my first ever boyfriend. We dated all through my 20s, got married when I was Asian. Asian. He was the perfect Chinese boyfriend. My parents approved. Um, he has a lovely family. And we got married. We bought a house. We bought a minivan. We had twins. And I did everything right. I have a job at it. Can we say our tech companies? I think we should say our tech company. I don't know. Are we allowed no. to? Okay, I work at a tech company. Samantha works at another tech company. Both well known. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and so, all mine produces fruit. Amanda's is not the one that produces fruit, <laughs> but also not the one that creates fake universes. Ooh. Um. Anyway, I woke up one day and thought my life is done like that's it I checked everything on the list is this the rest of my life I don't know who I am and I was deeply unhappy so I blew up my life got divorced let me just run down the list of all the things that I didn't think we'd be doing at this point we were back on the dating apps went through tons of chaos we both had mental health issues we both struggled with loving our body and hating our bodies um uh family uh, we're, oh, we're we're trying to break generational trauma and realizing that our thought patterns are not our friends so there's just there's a lot we struggle with a lot and that's just me samantha has her own journey <laughs> i don't even want to like it sounded so precise and eloquent when you explained it but i think what my side shows is complete chaos of like following a pattern doing exactly i tried to not be an attorney my dad said no on his deathbed and said you need to be an attorney and i was like okay my dad died in college yeah yeah that was a part of life we did not yeah yeah (laughs) but even then it didn't phase me i was like you know what keep on keeping Get, get back on that horse get a's go to freaking law school and get get the corporate job I was at a big law firm which guaranteed lots and lots of money and again very privileged to say that I got to accomplish those things because not a lot of people got to do that but I just thought once I did these things yeah then go to family then I could focus on family then I could do all this stuff and that wasn't what happened I had like identity crisis after I achieved these things yeah so you quit big law oh yeah yeah that, that I guess that's important but see that's the thing like you quit big law and then I went into a startup and then I went into big, big tech, tech. Yeah. and, and no, no one would ever think of that as a failure but newsflash if you have an Asian mom yeah actually anyone in society who is a woman past 30 and single yeah with no kids <laughs> like yay no I was talking about just the big law part because my mom was really sad oh. when I lost her law but if we're gonna wrap a bow around it <laughs> yes yeah no it's not it's true though yeah I mean well all these things like we think through the lens of our parents like get me getting a divorce it, it Chinese people don't get divorced it doesn't happen in Asian culture you suck it up and you stay with your husband and so the first thing I thought was that I'm bringing shame to my parents because I'm going to be the first person that they know that got divorced. Well, you know what's really weird? 
because I know I'm not listening to this. I'm just hearing us talk. Yeah. But there's so, we do sound bratty. I, I, this is the point. We have to acknowledge the privilege in all of this. But it wasn't this, none of this was easy for us. Yeah. And none of it was, I feel like our choice, like going back to what we keep saying every time we go back, like society said this when we were growing up in the nineties, like achieve these things. And especially being an Asian woman, like we didn't have the option to be Britney Spears. We didn't have the option to be an influence. Like that was never in our wheelhouse. We never had any other option but to go to university. I don't know, I'm British now. College <laughs> and execute. Yeah. Because our parents immigrated here and they didn't have any other options. And we were the dream. We were their dreams, all their hopes. Yeah. Well, and I... So this is why we decided to do this because we have these um, we've had these conversations for the past three years where our whole life is like what's happening, um, but we grew up just thinking we had to be we had to be achieving we had to be happy we had to be grateful like all these things and we just felt so sad and empty and it was like what was wrong with us and through talking to each other we started to realize like wait we're way too hard on ourselves and we wish there were all these things we would have known in our 20s so then that's who we're trying to reach if you are in your 20s your 30s if you are a woman if you are a man you are in between you're gender gender neutral like it's just for anyone who thinks there's something wrong with them because they're struggling or like you shouldn't feel this way because you're so privileged to have a home and to be safe right now. We're all struggling and it just helps to hear other people's stories. Yeah. Okay, so keep going. You quit Big Law and then you also called off your engagement See, during the pandemic. That's what's funny is like, yeah. Okay, I, I hear where you're going, Amanda, because Big Law... And it, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but if all your hopes and dreams are to just make a lot of money and be in a prestigious job, like that is what it, this job gave you. But it also gave me, like I used to spend my nights and weekends at the office, like get there at six, leave at 11, do it again. My dates were at my office. My boyfriend came and we hung out at my office all day. My sister would come visit me and we would hang out at the office all day. I remember you on a Sunday. You were like, I have to work. I have to go in. And we were all like, you don't. Have, it's a Sunday. You're allowed to take a day off. And you were like, no, well, everyone else comes in on a Sunday. And it's like, you don't have to live like this. But you thought you did. But everyone, to survive that. Yeah. I think everyone was doing it. And I was going to say, like, what was really crazy about that particular time that was when I like thank god I got out of it maybe I could still do it but I don't even I can't imagine having those hours anymore but I remember on a Friday night one of my colleagues she is now a partner probably doing very well I haven't talked to her in a bit but we talked about how magical it would be to get cancer or get hit by a car because wouldn't that be nice we can have an excuse to not work this hard because it it was shameful to not bill yeah. 70 hours a week. And again, that sounds so cavalier or like, like hearing it now removed, you're just like, that's 
You're stupid bit. and ridiculous. But yeah. in the moment, that's how you really felt. Like you could, you you needed that extreme of an excuse to be able to say, "I no, I don't want to work this out." Yeah, all the holidays. I just remember yeah. that was so sad. But it was still hard for you to walk away from. That. Oh, for sure. I mean, I had a little. That's when I started having anxiety is when I left law firm. Oh, yeah. Your anxiety. Do you mind talking about what your anxiety manifested as? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's okay. Okay. It, I mean, it manifested in, like, an urgency to use the restroom when I felt constrained to particular spaces, including, especially, rather, like, commuter trains or small spaces like airplanes or I mean it the first time it happened it was when we yeah. again pay attention to the brass in the title I was in Spain <laughs> for my friend's bachelorette and I was on a fucking trolley in a monastery going through this beautiful thing and I thought I was gonna pee in this trolley with my friend who didn't we didn't back in that time 2015 we didn't talk about anxiety yeah. or medication and my friend was so scared yeah. that I was going to lose my mind on this trolley that lasted three minutes yeah. tops and I got to the top of the mountain and just peed on the side and everyone was like what is wrong with you yeah my friend was very nice but well so what's interesting <laughs> I was laughing earlier because the way you described it was very um formal so, so your urgency to use the restroom in public places like commuter train you felt like you had to pee all the time yeah which when you say that to your friends and family they're just like what's wrong with you why do you have to pee so much yeah and they think again they're attributing like it's something wrong with you yeah and so it was hard for them to understand that it was tied to anxiety probably hard for you to understand it was tied to anxiety no I mean I went to multiple doctors I actually just told my psychiatrist this literally a few weeks ago I, like Five doctors told me that it was my weight. And at the time, I was one of the healthy, well, not mentally healthy, but physically, I was the weight that most doctors suck up. Now, well, because my weight's out of control now, but I was really healthy. I was running half marathons at that time. And they were like, yeah, if you could only lose 20 more pounds, I think I weighed 150 at one point. And they were like, you need to lose 20 more pounds. And I was like, shit, I'm so big now. Like, I would kill myself to be. I know. I mean, that's a whole other thing too. Of like, we wish we would have loved our body and not thought we were big. And even now, we still. But let's stick with anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Just, no. Just five doctors told me that it was just my weight. Yeah. So then I had this pressure to lose weight, and I was like, "But that's not that's not how this is manifest." Like they're like, "You do pelvic exercises, do all this stuff," and like, so they gave me exercises to do that of course was never happening and I was telling them like it only happens when I get into small rooms and then I think it was you actually who you're like I think this is I think this is a mental health issue and I was just like well my doctors say if I just do this and you were like why don't you talk to someone and I kind of lost it on you I was like I don't want to talk to anyone and then I went to a startup and then I couldn't my boss was amazing but I kept having to leave meetings with the CEO in them. And I was like, I mean, I can't do this anymore. And you were like, I think you should talk to them. Oh, that was the reason I went to therapy. therapy. Because Wait, you were like- Before or after Denver, because it happened in Denver. We were on a girl's trip, a weekend trip. It was, so I had just 
I can even, I know this because I just got back from Spain and I was like, if I take time off from big law, maybe it'll be okay. But then I was struggling with leaving this identity of having worked that hard. And it was right when I started at Ooh, why did I just say we can leave that out? That's yeah, the one yeah. editing thing we'll do. Okay. Started out my startup and I just couldn't be in meetings for more than 30 minutes with like abruptly leaving. Yeah. And I kept going like I can't make it in meetings. And you were like, have you talked to anyone about this? Yeah. And then we went to Denver. Yeah. And in Denver, we were walking around and you had an executive chat. Yeah. When they, when my therapist had just mentioned, maybe I can, should consider medication. Right. And we told our friends and our friends are lovely, but again, we all grew up in a time and place and culture where you don't talk about mental health and any sort of going to therapy or getting medication was seen as a weakness or like, is it really that bad that you need that? And so their reaction was, I can't remember, was like, do you need that or was it? Yeah, well, I think one of our close friends, again, these are very close, like family for like, I would say more family than friends. Although let's not get into submitting texts right now. But one was very scared for me. Like, are you sure? Like, come on. And she has a very similar East Asian background. And the other so one was a stronghold. She was just like, I don't think you need that. Mm-hmm. And the other was so confused. Yeah. But also didn't want to engage in the topic yeah. until they saw us take off. Yeah. Well, they were like, well, it's fine. Just go to the bathroom there. You can stay here. But again, people are thinking it's just the bathroom issue, not realizing it's the anxiety. Yeah. But I was like, like crying on the plane. You were like holding my hand because I was like, I mean, I have to go to the bathroom when they were taking off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you, we got <laughs> you in the car and you went back to the hotel and you were alone. But it, it was, yeah, there was your anxiety. Yeah, that was terrible. So on that happy note, <laughs> I mean, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of the mental health stuff we deal with. We both suffer from anxiety and depression. And that was going to be one of my topics, which is you've just been recently diagnosed with depression. Yeah. And I like how, what was it like hearing that? And how do you feel now? Oh, that's a weird question. Oh, why? Because I think it's, it's still like fresh and not, not in a bad way, but I've watched so much television around mental health issues now so so it's it seems more commercialized more mainstream i've read so many fucking books (laughs) about this we've talked about it for so many years yeah and i still there's a stigma to it that even you watching you say that yeah i was like oh that's bad but also it's not like because i want to buy that prozac thing Oh, uh, she wants to buy a Prozac pill case, which I'm not against having a pill case that says Prozac because I don't think we should shame medication. I'm against it costing like $100 for a gold case. Yeah. And the privilege. (laughs) But 
I yeah, that's just so interesting. Wait, okay, so let's actually we'll get back to the, that question in that, but I think this is worth acknowledging in like the privilege the juxtaposition of like we're struggling so we deal we have depression and anxiety and people's response are like but why nothing is wrong your life is great that is the thing about depression is that you're sad or you feel empty for no reason and a big symptom of depression is you feel guilt guilt all the time because you're i shouldn't feel this way nothing is wrong and so we very much acknowledge that it's easy to say like but why are you guys depressed? Like you have listened to yourselves. You have all this great stuff. We know, we don't want to be sad. We don't want to be sitting here crying. I wish I could just not care and go about my life happily, but mental health is not discriminating. And we recognize, and that's partly what's so frustrating is I wish we knew the cause or I wish we could just be like, yeah, my life is great. And so I feel great. I. I think that we are trying to understand, yeah. not necessarily cause, but like the pressure that we ignore and pressure. diminish. Mm -hmm. Because even though, again, bratty, we have homes, we are very safe, that didn't come without its trauma. Yeah. That didn't come without people telling us, no, we weren't good enough mm -hmm. or failures. And it certainly it hasn't carried it like just because you can swim through something doesn't mean it wasn't hard. Yeah. Like I got distracted just now. This is how long we recording for, and I can't find it, so we're just gonna go for a little bit, and then I'll feel like that's good enough. But okay, so going back to your recent depression diagnosis. Yeah, I mean it was scary. Yeah. You were the first person I told about. Well, I'm like, duh, Amanda, why are you asking me this? Because you already know. Tell <laughs> <Well>, the world. <laughs> and it wasn't just depression. You had severe depression. Yeah. Which I didn't. And it's, I mean, the scale, they get, they test you every two weeks to see like how you're doing. But I didn't know it was this bad. I just didn't. I thought everyone's depressed. We, everyone says they're depressed. And then I think it came to a point where it was getting so bad that I had to acknowledge it because I kept saying, we're all depressed, the world's depressed. And then I kept hearing, you know, the older generation of like, you guys are such snowflakes. Like, why can't you just like get through it, push through it? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I might be a little bit more depressed than I normally am. And then I talked to my therapist and she did that test. Yeah. And I talked to my psychiatrist as well after. Yeah. And they both got the same test results of I'm severely depressed. Yeah. And I thought if this was three years ago, I would have thought that diagnosis meant I needed to go to a mental hospital. Yeah. That's what I thought it meant three years ago but I think because we talked about it I was more comfortable with it but it did not take away from my fear of being stigmatized well so many things <laughs> one I the way you describe like when you think of depression people think like you have to you're you're at the place where you have to go to a mental hospital or that you're crying all the time but really, like, I knew it was really bad when you said, I just feel so empty inside. A lot of times depression just looks like nothing because it's, it's, a, it's a 
hollow feeling inside, or like you described it as a great cloud, and you just don't think the sun doesn't come out. Like everything is fine, but also it's not. Yeah. I I think that what's missing from this background story is I felt very safe because you had gone through this, Amanda, <laughs> and like you came out of the other set. So I knew there was, but like, I think if I had to be honest here, when you were going through it, I was so scared. Yeah. Cause I didn't know what depression, I didn't know yeah. how to help. And you were not yourself at that time. Yeah. And I, I had, I mean, I think now I'm learning that to something I'll always live with. And so it's not like I had it and then I don't, but I had two big depressive periods, I'd say. So the first was in college. And I got out of that. I mean, graduated and I stopped listening to sad music, listened to Hannah Montana music. And I had a new job. And I think the key, though, was I started talking about it. And my parents found out. And so then that kind of forced me to really make an effort to get better. Um, and then the second depressive one was when I blew up my life because I realized I wasn't happy. A uh, new mom dealing with, you know, I love my parents so much, but also having to with the best to help with the twins. And then my husband at the time, and then struggling going back to work. I just, I was a shell of myself. And I think part of it is that I lost myself and I didn't know. So then I blew up my life and made a bunch of very questionable decisions. And then the pandemic hit. And so here I am, the single mom. And we're in a pandemic and I, the extremes of moods, just like so much crying, so, so much crying, so much therapy. Like I've done 10 different forms of therapy, but only now have I like fully understood and had so much grace, more grace with myself because I was going to therapy and say like, like even when, cause you, you upped your medication a couple weeks ago and you were like I, I feel so good this week and I could hear this week you were really down on yourself because you were like I felt so good a couple weeks ago and now I I feel so low and you were it almost felt like you were beating yourself up because you were getting better and then you're failing again yeah and that's how I used to be too of like I would just be so pressured like I felt fine and nothing happened why do I feel this way and my therapist would be like you just need to be gentle with yourself. I'm like, but how do I fix it? <laughs> and you yeah. I'm just taking a breather because you said a lot, yeah. but also not enough. <laughs> and I want to stop there, there because I don't think you can appreciate, like, like it, it does, does sound like happy ending. Amanda, yes. Uh, 10 therapists and blah, blah, blah. Like, look how positive you are right now. And I, I do think you have a better grasp of all things, but you really need to pull back the curtain. And I think we all should. Like, yeah. we can't just blow past these really big things that we struggled with. And I I think we might even have to take a breather of like, man, you didn't just get married and then have kids and then you decided, fuck it. That was not what happened. You got married you you had an engagement and it was I want to say one of the traditional like very happy but also there were some struggles even and then this happens in every relationship but like it wasn't all oh yeah he almost called off the wedding I yeah. walked in he was 
crying in the dark. And he was like, we're going to call off the wedding. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, and then there was drama with family that, like, they, it fractured my relationship with my sister for a bit. Yeah, okay. So there was that. And then infertility. That's what I said. Like, really peel back the onion here because it wasn't, you had twins. It was, oh, yeah. you <laughs> had a babies. Traumatic pregnancy. I forgot. Okay, you're right. We did gloss over this. I had a very traumatic pregnancy where a lot of things went wrong and um I I, I don't know if we can get into this right now, but basically they were they were born very early and there was a chance they weren't gonna survive. And the, they're fine now, thank you, Chloe. But I did not process that trauma until maybe two years ago. And they're six, six and a half now. Yeah. And I remember it was like every year on their birthday, everyone would be like, oh my gosh, it's their birthday. I would cry so hard every February 25th. And I couldn't understand why. And it was because my body knew the physical trauma of their birth that I didn't, I still didn't know. And everyone was just like, but they're healthy now. Like, why do you keep dwelling on that? So this goes back to your like, People just love to blow past it and be like, but look on the bright side now. But that is why, like trauma, you can't blow past it. It stays in your body until you let it out. Yeah. Ooh, we have 10 minutes left of our free <laughs> on Okay, let's pause there on the heavy stuff. Let's talk about um, what we're watching. Levity, or what we're watching or reading. So you're reading the Britney memoir, but before we get there, because oh. I feel like you have a lot of thoughts. Um, I've been watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is an old show on C that was on CW, and now it's on show Netflix. like five years ago. Yeah, it, it's a very quirky show, but you've been telling me about it because it's actually about mental health, um, but like a musical also. She sings, they sing like a couple songs every episode. Yeah, but I... <laughs> I, I watched the episode where she's singing about the burden of having big breasts. <laughs> like, like heavy boobs, heavy boobs. I love that. Show. And I thought of you. Of course. <laughs> she like puts staplers under there. I could do that. Yeah. How many things can you store underneath your boobs? I mean, I, girl. Have you tried? I've never tried. I actually, they, I really, this whole, I'm telling you this, I really want a breast reduction. Yeah. I'm going to wait because. Amanda, it gets so sticky. <laughs> Everything I have eczema everywhere, so it's like all sweaty and sticky, and I'm like, I fucking hate it. Even though it's hilarious, and growing up, one of my best friends, very tall, we're like complete opposites. She's very tall and slender. I'm very short and round, and she was always like, I wish I had your boobs. I'm like. I would chop these off <laughs> for the pure joy of not being sticky breasted. <laughs> I bet you didn't even know that was an issue. No, but you, now I have that visual. But also, I still I'm stuck on wanting you to see it. What you can stick under there and hold. No, there. it's eczema and sweat. Is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Not just that. Remember, I told you I ate a cookie for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I have so many crumbs. <laughs> 
No, seriously. I, I think as she said that in the show, she was like, yeah, I'll like pull, like when I take off my shirt. So like all this stuff. <laughs> okay, wait. And then the other thing though was also there was a song about the UTI oh. where he was like, I gave you a UTI. And I was like, this motherfucker. But the line, he was like, my sweet love injection gave you a urinary tract infection. And it was so hilarious. But also like a UTI is one of the most painful things ever. And it got me thinking about like how men are just they could never they could uh, never have <laughs> that's <laughs> not what it got me thinking <laughs> okay i was gonna comment on your sex life oh, that's, that's a whole different okay that's a whole different yeah 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 thing. oh yeah oh yeah yeah we went through very chaotic let's make up for our 20s um dating app frenzy which we'll cover in a different pod yeah tell me about what you're reading or watching uh, uh a lot because i like told you this morning I cannot do one book or one show so I watch a bunch of different things at the same time one of them is the Britney Spears memoir the other is that processed food ultra processed people and how it affects your body yeah and the other one is about trio like fiction. Okay, let's talk about the Britney. No, I knew what okay. you were going to Delta, I like my processed foods. No, I know, but the Britney one, yes, it is interesting to hear about celebrities, especially like from our childhood. And that's like really interesting. But at the heart of it is, and I think this is what the book is about. I don't think it's about being Britney Spears. I think it's about mental health struggles. And that's why it's so powerful. I'm like, she's funny and like all this stuff. And you love hearing the stuff about Justin Timberlake and yeah. him being a terrible person. Which again, is the world centering a woman's story around a man. But let's yeah. keep going. But it really, like she does talk about her struggles with being the most popular person in the world. Yeah. And how used she was, but also how alone she was and like not having anyone there to connect. And I... I get all these books but of self-help make me realize how privileged I am to have you as a friend who not only understands that but is like ride or fucking die like if I needed to kill someone you would be like let's yeah. go bury this and I think this is a great way to wrap up because I think the point is like with mental health the biggest thing we can do for one another is just make each other realize like you are not alone in this. Like I see you, I see your pain. I know I can't fix it. And I am just here with you. And that is also what we're trying to achieve with this podcast. And we're lucky to have each other. And if we can help any other person out there feel slightly less alone, or just validate that if you feel empty or sad, and you recognize that you are privileged, or maybe you're not. Like, whatever your struggles, you're not alone in this. And yeah. we're your friends now. Yeah. You're now officially a Bay Area brat. Okay. Struggling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And whether you're struggling or not, we welcome all struggles. Yes. Okay. With that, I'm going to end the podcast. Yay. Um, the podcast I love, they always end by saying, um, I love you so much. So I'm going to say, I love you so much. Okay, I love you too. <laughs> okay, bye.